0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning.
1: This is Real Presence Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger. I'm joined in studio with Roxanne Sullivan. and Roxanne, we just had a delightful conversation with Carlo Broussard, an apologist, someone who spends his, uh, his life explaining, articulating the truths of the faith. Delightful man, one wasn't he? Su-
0: one surprise of that, I did not know he was in a band and was a musician and played the Cajun accordion. <laughs> so that was not expected.
1: Well, from from one musician to the next.
0: Absolutely. Right? So
1: yep. we have, uh, uh, for this next segment, we have on the phone Beverly Everett, and Beverly is... A professional musician herself, I, I think Roxanne. She's going to be at a slightly higher caliber than Carlo.
0: Maybe not playing in in pubs and such.
1: She's not playing in pubs. <laughs> she she she's the real deal. So, Beverly Everett um, is the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra, and we have her on the phone. Are you there, Beverly?
2: I'm he- I'm here, uh, Kyle and Roxanne. Father Kyle, thank you so much for having me on.
1: Well, th- thank you so much for uh, for calling in, say Beverly. Can you give us a little bit of your of your background? How did how did you get into music? Do you play? Uh- play growing up and and what 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 draws somebody to be a conductor of a symphony
2: (laughs) well my background was i i had early piano lessons from the age of six and then at the age of 12 began organ lessons and was very passionate about that and still am um and so i i went to college to study organ and then through that was exposed to the orchestra and the choirs and really fell in love with conducting, and and now I just feel so incredibly blessed because I have the opportunity to do it all. So I conduct the orchestra here in Bismarck, Mandan. I conduct the orchestra in Bemidji, Minnesota, and I teach organ as an adjunct professor at the University of Mary and also through the diocese. I have a couple of uh, high school students, and then I play the organ at Corpus Christi Church here in Bismarck.
0: So this begs the question, as I'm hearing about your history, where did you begin? Are you from the area or somewhere else? I am from
2: a place called Waxahachie, Texas, Hmm. and
0: it's about 40
2: miles south of Dallas, and I went to school at Baylor University and uh, did my doctorate at the University of Iowa, and so like I tell people, I just sort of gradually (laughs) migrated north. Um, I've been in the Midwest for a long time now, so this is my, I think, 15th season in Bemidji and 13th in Bismarck. So um, it's been wonderful to be in these communities.
1: Um, Beverly, I uh, I grew up. Uh, playing the piano. I, I would not call myself an organist, but I do, as a priest, I like to have the key and go in there late at night when nobody's there, play around with the stops, have a little fun. And kind of the, the grandeur the, of that instrument is, is so impressive. But not only do you have that, you have a whole symphony that, uh, that is, is at your fingertips, at your wand. What is, like, what is that like, conducting a whole symphony?
2: Well, there's a lot of energy coming at you, and I think that one of my favorite parts of conducting is just the fact that you're standing up there and in a normal situation, we'll have anywhere from 60, 70 to even 100 musicians. Um, sometimes when we've done collaborations with chorus, there have been as many as 250 people on the stage or more. And and just knowing those personalities, I mean, I experienced this last night in our rehearsal for the Bismarck Orchestra, is that I look out and I'm hearing this beautiful music, but I'm seeing people that I have beautiful friendships with. And there's just something wonderful about that connection that you have through music. And, and I feel like that through my whole life, God has really woven this beautiful tapestry of people, who have enriched my life, and it's it's because of my involvement in music that that happens.
0: That's such an interesting perspective. I guess I've never really considered that before. When I've gone to hear my kids in in various musical, you know, uh, concerts and such, you know, you kind of zero in on your child. Um, mm-hmm. But for you, in, in, but but for the most part, when people come to hear a symphony or something. It's just, it's a collaboration of just these people that they don't know. But thinking about it from your perspective, where each person is an individual with a personality with, with their own dignity, you know, just thinking about it in terms of their humanity and and that connection is just really a a neat uh, perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Yes.
1: Thank you. See, uh, Beverly, when you go about planning out, I don't know how this works the year, a few years (laughs) in advance, um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you look at in deciding? Do, are you the one that decides? I don't know how any of this works. I'm totally ignorant about what composition, what works you're going to perform uh, in your next concerts. How does that happen?
2: Um, it's a great question. And there are several things that go into it. So I, I do it for the most part. I do ask opinions on things of people in the orchestra. I want to know what they are going to enjoy playing as well. Sometimes there'll be a kind of adventurous piece that I worry might be too hard or something like that, and I'll ask our concertmaster. Here, our concertmaster is Dr. Everaldo Martinez, and he's very good about telling me, yes, I think we can do that. Um, I try to be innovative. Um, I try to give our audience something that they're going to... Kind of an old adage is give them something they're going to go out humming (laughs) So, so you can program some newer works or unfamiliar works to make sure that there's something on there that's going to be kind of that brainworm when they leave that they'll remember. Um, and then there's many other things that go into the decision making. Um, economics does play a role. Um, all of our music costs money to either buy the parts or rent them, and so I have to be careful sometimes about our budget and things like that. But um, and then sometimes we'll have a theme or. Or, for instance, every year we do some concerts, education concerts for area 4th um, and 5th graders. And so we we program something that would be tailor-made for them. So lots of different creative ideas go into that planning. And usually, yes, it is one or two years in advance. Now, COVID kind of changed all that. So everything we had planned for this year, um, we had to modify a whole lot of things, especially in Bemidji, um, And so that's been a really interesting journey um, to add that to the mix as
0: well. Oh Well, and also just the differences between Minnesota and North Dakota, and here you are traveling back and forth and trying to navigate these two different approaches. So that must have been quite a challenge in addition to all the other things that go into it and and selecting music and keeping everyone together. Share some of the the high and lows of, of, of that experience.
2: Well, I would say that the high has been the resilience of the, of the musicians and their willingness to continue to make music so that we can put some kind of music out into the community. And that started right away from even just gathering one or two people together to put something out on YouTube, um, both orchestras prepared what we call the cyber orchestra experience so um, they were sent music and everybody made a video of themselves in their own home and then we put all that together online in a performance and then just as things have opened back up just people's um, courage and, and willingness and flexibility to, to show up and play even when you know we're having to wear masks or we're having to sit apart that's a huge thing that's different um is that instead of having a stand partner like the strings usually have or sitting close to each other like the winds usually do, we're trying to distance them the six feet apart. So so that's been a challenge as well. Um and I would say one of the high points too is just um journeying back to some of the or uh, the music that's written for smaller ensembles. There's some incredible music out there that that gets admittedly neglected when we're programming for our big groups, And it's been great for me as a conductor and musician. And I think for them to go back to some of those smaller pieces and perform them.
0: Interesting. As the um, pandemic was, was erupting, I was down in Phoenix um, with the kind of accompanying the Shanley. They had a fine arts tour down there. I have a couple kids that were on that tour and um, we, we arrived on Thursday and on Friday, I was so excited. I had tickets, and my older son lives down there. We had tickets for the the Phoenix Symphony um, Disney in concert, and it was such a disappointment when it everything got canceled. and And I still feel that loss. You know, I feel like I need to go back to Phoenix and and re- redo that because it was it was the beginning of this new reality, and it was just shocking and such a disappointment after it just was. was something i was so looking forward to so i think all of us are in agreement that we're just so grateful i'm a i'm a church musician too and just to have Mm -hmm. some music returning into our lives and to be kept you know kind of muffled for a while not being able to sing and and enjoy that part of our our lives that enlivens the soul so thank you for everything you've been through and and been challenged by, but I'm glad to hear that there's there's been some wonderful aspects that have come out of it as well. So um, what, what's coming up for the orchestra right now?
2: In Bismarck, we have concerts this weekend, and we're doing two of them, so you can um, attend either Friday evening or Saturday evening. Both concert times start at 7.30 p.m., and they're also available online as well if if you're not ready to, to come out with a big group uh, yet. And so all of that information for tickets is available on our website at org. We are selling individual tickets for this concert. That's the first time we've been able to do that this year. Um, prior to that, it was only available for our season ticket holders. So um, we're encouraging you. There's plenty of room in the bell to safely social distance. And the program this weekend is really quintessentially classical. So. Um, it's the music of Bach, the music of Mozart, and the music of Brahms, and um, I think it'll be very familiar to many of you, even if you're not a classical music aficionado, I'm sure that you've heard at least one or two of these pieces before, and I'm so proud of the work that the orchestra is doing and their musicianship, and, and we're excited to present that to our community, um,
0: either in person or online. Is this kind of the the beginning of, of a return? Would you say right now? I, I do
2: feel that um, yes, with both orchestras and and especially here in in, um, in Bismarck, we have more musicians on this concert I think than we've had previously, and so we're hoping that as we can safely do so, that we can keep bringing people back.
1: Um, Beverly, do you have uh, do you have any favorite? Uh, composers yourself
2: oh goodness I I like them all uh, <laughs> I, I I know that as an organist of course I lean towards Bach but I especially lean towards those uh stick into the romantic period composers like Brahms and and Beethoven and then losing over into the the 20th century uh, Gustav Mahler is a great favorite of mine as well
1: well, we, uh, we, need to, we need to take a, a break here, Beverly, but we are going to come back and, and continue the conversation. Um, we are talking with Beverly Everett. She is the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony and Orchestra. They've got some concerts coming up here this weekend on Friday and Saturday. So we'll continue with Beverly on the other side of the break. You are listening to Real Presence Radio Live.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents' family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present— And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Music lifts the heart. We need music. Music is is a, a beautiful way to, to praise God and, and just be uplifted. So uh, we have Beverly Everett from the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra on the line, and we are talking about music. And one of the things I was... Thinking about, as we're in the month of February, is that Valentine's Day is coming up, and as these musical uh, offerings are are beginning to return, I thought maybe Beverly had something in mind for, for Valentine's Day, possibly.
2: Sure. Well, it's never too early to celebrate Valentine's Day, so if you're in the bismarck Mandan area, you can celebrate this weekend with our concerts here in Bismarck at the Bell Mayhus and next weekend, uh, February 13th and 14th, so right on Valentine's Day, we have concerts in Bemidji, Minnesota. Um, that's at the Bluebell Event Center. It's uh, Saturday evening, or excuse me, Saturday evening, February 13th at 7 p.m. and Sunday afternoon on right on Valentine's Day at 3 p.m. on February 14th. So what a great way to come here. Some. We're doing uh, love themed movie music on that concert in Bemidji. And so you could attend the concert at three o'clock and then um, have still have plenty of time to go out to dinner afterwards.
0: So, what are some of the offerings um, specifically that you're going to be doing?
2: Oh, we're doing things like um, Beauty and the Beast and, and the, the love themes from the Titanic movie. And then we also just have some beautiful movie scores that aren't necessarily romantic-related, but we're doing Gabriel's oboe from The Mission, and we're doing the theme from Schindler's List. So just a lot mm-hmm. of really beautiful, uh, feel-good music. All of these concerts are available online, and so that's been one of the kind of interesting things during this pandemic time, is that because we've suddenly uh, begun to live-stream everything, all of a sudden, my family from all over the country is able to hear these concerts, or people can hear concerts of both places um, if they live in one or the other. So um, I would encourage you to um, visit the websites of both of these orchestras and find out how you can, can watch online. If you can't be there in person, you could you could actually take in both concerts.
0: That's a neat idea. And then another thing that is true in our areas a lot of people fly south and go you know head down south at this time of year from our area so they can still stay connected um online
2: exactly yes we have several people that i know that are in arizona or florida and i'll frequently get texts from them right after the concert is ended so that's been a lot of fun to hear from folks from far away too
1: Say, Beverly, uh, Father Metzger here. You mentioned uh, before the break that uh, one of the uh, uh, parts of your work, your ministry, is uh, playing the organ at uh, Corpus Christi there in Bismarck, Mandan. Could you tell us a little bit about, you know, the, 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 the history of sacred music? You know, uh, the, the, the great contributions you mentioned at the concert, you're going to be playing Mozart, Bach. Brahm, all very uh, uh, prominent composers of sacred music as well. What is what is their contribution to the church and and her liturgy?
2: Well, Father, I'm going to answer that by telling just a brief story that has to do with how I ended up becoming a conductor. Please, um, and I so as I said, I started out as an organ organ major. And with the thought that I would go into full-time church ministry. And at the time, I was actually, I was raised as a Southern Baptist and went to Baylor University. And, um, and I really felt this calling to be a conductor after I was, I was exposed to experiences with the orchestra. And I, I was very troubled with that, um, tension between what I thought I I was supposed to do in full-time music ministry and what I was feeling this huge yearning to do um, that seemed so different. And I went to a mentor of mine, his name is Robert Young, a great choral composer who has has since passed away, but I said, you know, Dr. Young, I'm struggling with this because I thought I was called into full-time music ministry. And I'll never, he had this big, deep voice, and he said, Beverly, this music is where we find God. And I've never forgotten that. And he said, you can minister through music in all that you do. And um, so it was such a, a turning point for me, but it also meant that I think I look for God in all of the music that we do, um, whether it's something with... Uh, overtly sacred text um, the beautiful masses and requiems and and oratorios that these great composers have set to music um, but even music that's purely instrumental that might not to some have any religious context at all um, I believe for my personal belief that the Holy Spirit is in that music as well and and so it's that prayer and that power of the music, that's what um, leads me to do what I do. Um, it's interesting, I have many of my organist classmates from Baylor, as I did, converted to Catholicism as an adult, and I think that also speaks to the influence of the Catholic faith and the Catholic liturgy in the history, the entire history of music, in the forms, in the choral and instrumental works, but also to the use of the organ specifically, and and the importance of that still as a as a instrument to lead in worship in those sacred settings.
1: There's something almost unexplainable, isn't there? That how music uh, stirs the soul. You know, um, and your story kind of speaks to that very beautifully. I know in some in some dioceses, not all, but in some dioceses as as one of the precautions of the pandemic, they've really scaled the music back. And um, I've heard from parishioners say that that changes it, you know, in a very negative way when you pull that back. And there's this there's this this anxiety of we need to get that music back into the liturgy because it's it's not essential. You can have a very quiet, very humble mass and it's still the Eucharist, the Lord is still present, but when there's that music there, when there's the the organ, there, there's there's something kind of transcendent that happens. And for you, even like on on a spiritual plane of attracting you to the church, even.
2: Yes, I I absolutely agree. And I've heard from people too that have. I think it's a grief process in its own way that people have gone through when when this part of their worship experience and the central part of their their week is is kind of missing that big component. Um, I feel so fortunate, and, you know, I thank thank God every day that even from the beginning of the pandemic, I've been making music with at least one other person. (laughs) And so we started out, we recorded, for instance, all the music for Easter for the masses, and then we sort of built up to a few more people as things opened up. And in our church, we, um, ever since people could come back to worship together, um, we've, had, we've maintained congregational singing. And I know it was this summer I attended a funeral at a church of another faith, but right here in town, and the, it was only four people up front who were allowed to sing the hymns. And it felt so strange to be sitting there and not singing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, again, it's kind of like I was talking about with the orchestra, that sense of community and belonging. And, um, it, it it's a huge, um, connective, spiritual connective device, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, one that, that I hope we can really bring back with full force when. When we can safely just open up everything
0: again, um, my husband and I met in choir here in, in uh, across the river in Moorhead, Minnesota, and and um, so and we do church music ministry as I mentioned earlier. And it was almost as hard as losing the Eucharist when when masses were denied to us. And I, I remember when we went over to Minnesota to a church and that they were they had brought back singing earlier than our parish, and we just. It didn't we weren't expecting it and all of a sudden we were allowed to sing again and we both had tears in our eyes and looked at each other and we just it was so beautiful. It just touched us, and it was so unexpected, and it was just like this little part of our soul that had kind of been folding up, kind of opened up again. <laughs> and then, So I think what you're saying is so true, and I think of the heavenly choirs of angels, and, you know, I think it connects us with heaven, too, as, as well as that transcendence, you know, that transcendent peace, the, the truth, good, beauty, and goodness, and I think it's that beauty— and, and possibly the goodness, too, that are, are uh, and truth. It's all in there, you know.
1: Beverly, we only have a, a minute or two left. I want to give you a, a quick opportunity. You mentioned next weekend in Bemidji, you've got um, kind of a, a, a romance, Valentine's themed going on. Um, and then this coming Friday and Saturday, the Bismarck Mandan Symphony has um, a concert come on. Can you give a little preview of the works at the, uh, the concert coming up this weekend in Bismarck Mandan?
2: Yes, we're playing the Bach Air on the G-String, which is very familiar to lots of people. I think they've had it at their weddings. It's from his third uh, orchestral suite. We're playing Mozart's A-Major Symphony Number 29, which was also featured in the movie about Mozart called Amadeus. So that is going to sound very familiar to people. And then we're playing a piece by Johannes Brahms. It's his first serenade. It's the first orchestral work that he wrote. And it uses a lot of folk tunes. So even though it might not be a readily familiar tune, it's all going to sound incredibly beautiful and pleasing to the ear and hopefully bring a little bit of joy, too.
1: Well, Beverly, we thank you for your work in music, in sacred uh, music, your ministry to uh, the Church. You help uh, glorify um, and edify the people uh, in the sacred liturgy. We have been talking with Beverly Everett, the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. You are listening to Real Presence Live. I am your host, Father Kyle Mesker, joined with Roxanne Solonen, And we will be right back after the break to talk a little bit about Catholic Schools Week.